Oh, if you don't mind, where's Dustin? Come here. I'm going to pray for you two as, as you get started today. Is that, is that okay? All right. And then I will throw and it's off to you. All right. Father God, I'm so thankful for Dustin and Amber that they are able to come here today. You know, we are excited to see their desire to serve you, to work for you, to bring glory to you, to tell others of you in this world. We are humbled to have them here as they tell us a bit of their story. They tell us of their hearts and their desires to serve you. Lord, I pray that you will be with Amber and Dustin today as my wife always prays for me, that they will have a ready recollection of what you've prepared, that they will uh, be ready to bring glory to you above all other things. Thank you, Lord, for their hearts. Thank you for their presence. And thank you for their example. It is in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Good morning. It's so good to be with all of you today. And we've been looking forward to, to coming and to worshiping with you and meet and meeting with Jesus and being in God's presence and we just consider it a privilege um, and an honor um, to be here in this space with you this morning. Um, I am going to talk about um, Pentecost. I don't know if you guys follow like the church calendar and stuff but I'm a little bit of um, a Pentecost junkie. Like you know you have Christmas in December and then we celebrate Easter and then seven Sundays after Easter comes Pentecost and that makes me really excited. <laughs> so um, as I was thinking and praying, um, the Lord said, talk about what you love, and that's the coming of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I was like, well, you know, that's kind of like a big thing to talk about, Jesus, but if that's what you ask me to do, then sure, I'll do it. Um, please help me out with that, right? It's kind of like asking the question, like, who is God? Like, that's like a really <laughs> loaded question. So talking about the Holy Spirit um, couldn't possibly be done in 30 minutes, but um, I'm going to try it, okay? So I hope that you'll, you'll stick with me. Um, Pentecost is remembering um, the Holy Spirit coming on the disciples, um, as described in the book of Acts chapter 2, and it is definitely a favorite holiday of mine, if you want to call it that. I mean, I don't see pictures of little flames being sold at Walmart to celebrate Pentecost. Uh, I guess that's okay. Um, we don't need that, right? Because we carry him in us. Um, but still, it's, a, it's one of my favorite um, times of the year and um, something to really consider and think about all year long. But this, um, this beautiful day, the seventh Sunday after Easter, um, it took me a really long time to understand the Holy Spirit and the importance of his role in my life and the lives of all believers. Um, but it's something that I'm growing into. And it's, it's really important to me that I continue to grow into that and that all of you and all believers everywhere grow into that because I think really cool things happen when we're willing to do that. Um, so before getting into all that, um, I want to do two things. I'm going to bring Dustin up here. Yeah, right now. <laughs> because I felt like it would be a little bit fair if you could know just like maybe some like bare surface level things about us. 
Um, so, Dustin, I'm going to ask you some questions. This is, like, not prearranged. I mean, I kind of I told him this morning, like, hey, as part of my sermon, I'm going to bring you up and ask you some questions. Um, and he's like, okay, do you want to tell me what they are? I was like, I mean, I could or I couldn't. And he was like, well, this is so you, so whatever. Um, so, Dustin, I'm going to ask you some questions, and I want you to answer it. And then at the end of your answer, I want you to say, how about you? So it's also like a reverse interview so that I can answer the questions at the same time. That way I don't have to go back, okay? Okay, so first question, we're going to keep it really, um, really simple to start. Um, what is your favorite color? Blue. What about you? My favorite color is blue, this blue. <laughs> okay, what is your favorite TV show? The Office. What about you? Um, today, I'm going to say This Is Us, because I go through cycles where I like different ones. But I'm really into This Is Us right now. The storyline just keeps getting thicker and better and drawing me in. So I'm all about it. Okay. Um, what is your favorite drink? Coffee. Black. Bold. Mm. Yes! How about you? Water. I'm so boring when it comes to drinks. <laughs> I do like a nice fountain Pepsi, I don't know, like from the gas station or something, like of all places, but I don't hardly ever drink it. I'm just such a water girl. Water is amazing and incredible. Okay, where is your favorite place? That's, that's tough. Um, well, we have four kids, so sometimes that's alone. Um, <laughs> but no. Um, Honestly, I have a lot of favorite places, but I do enjoy... Oh, sorry, rapid. In the woods with my friends with a backpack. How about you? At the beach with my family and the, the waves of the ocean roaring. I love that. I love the sound of the ocean. <laughs> okay, what's a hobby that you have? Music and woodworking. How about you? Um, I say my hobbies are creating things, and that would include music um, and, like, crafting things. Um, I also like making spaces fun and beautiful. Um, okay, so these might not be quite as rapid fire now. Okay, see what I'm doing here? Like, easing them into it. <laughs> okay, how did you find church? Uh, how did I find church? So I was born into the church. Anybody like that here? Anybody just, you know, you were born and they brought you here? <laughs> like, here you go. Uh, I actually grew up in between Tip City and Troy, Ohio, so not too far from here. And so my mother was in high school and had me, and my wonderful grandparents said, well, she's a teenager, and she's going to need help. So I became their seventh child. So if you grandparents out there help your grandchildren, you have a special place in my heart. So I found church through my grandparents. How about you? Um, I'm like Dustin. I've been going to church since I was six days old. I was born on Labor Day. And so I always know I was born on a Monday and then went to church the next Sunday. Um, and my mom was also a teenager um, and so needed a lot of support and church is where she found that. So 
Um, I found church because my mom loved Jesus and she wanted me to know him too. Okay, so when did you meet Jesus? So same church, um, Tip City Church of the Nazarene. I cannot remember why I was there. My suspicion was that we were dying Easter eggs because we used to do that. Um, and, you know, we had this little metal thing. You put the egg on, you dipped it, and you were like, oh, that's cute. And we did stuff with them. I don't actually know what we did with them. But I remember there was a man named Doug Powell who said, hey, who wants to ask Jesus in their heart? And I was probably definitely under 10, probably six or seven. And I was just like, sure. Right? Like, I, that sounds like a great idea. Did not know what that meant, but it was good. And so I can take you to that sanctuary and I can take you to the place as a child and say, that's where I asked, that's where it started for me. And, um, and so, as we all know, that's a progression over time, right? You grow into your relationship with Jesus. It's not just saying that initial prayer or inviting him, but it's a lifelong commitment, right? So I found Jesus in the back of a Nazarene sanctuary. How about you? Um, well, also because I had gone to church my whole life, I thought I had like a pretty good understanding of what it, what it meant to be a Jesus follower and to be in a relationship with him. Um, but when I was still single digits, um, I went to church camp. Anybody love church camp? Yeah. I went to church camp, and I don't even know if this is what the speaker was talking about, but um, what I heard was that my relationship with Jesus had to be my own. And just because I went to church every Sunday and I lived with someone who taught me about Jesus and loved Jesus for herself, that didn't mean that I did. And so I was faced with this decision at camp, do, do I make this relationship my own? And do I take ownership over that and start investing in myself? And it becomes a real commitment then. It's not just because other people in my life love Jesus. That's, that's not the way. That's a good thing. It's awesome to be surrounded by people who love Jesus and seek after them with all their heart. But that's not the way that I can get there too. I have to make it for myself. So I did that. I decided that I was going to follow Jesus for myself. And I have, even though it didn't look how I thought it would look. <laughs> um, because it is. It's that like ever-growing and, and new revelation and um, what, what you thought you knew is suddenly not what you thought you knew. It's suddenly something else, so much deeper and so much better than you could have imagined. Okay, so this is the last question, and it is a little bit, it might be tough. I think you can, I think you can do this, okay? Because we're talking about the Holy Spirit, I would like for you to share two things that the Holy Spirit has asked you to do. It could be something very specific, or it could be something that you feel like maybe he's always asking of you, or like, so, like kind of semi-regularly prompts you to do. Okay? Okay? Is that good? Okay. So, the Holy Spirit is one of those people or subjects that kind of came later, right? So I grew up in a church. We talked about Jesus and God a lot. And then it was like, oh, there's this other part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, and we kind of just like, what do we do with the Holy Spirit? And so it's kind of been an evolution over time for me. But I think when you ask me that, there's a couple situations I'll share or experiences, but then I think the word that came to mind was obedience. The Holy Spirit, I think, 
consistently asks me to be obedient, right? Because when we can be obedient to the Spirit's prompting, we get to do awesome things, right? We get these awesome situations we will find ourselves in. So, a couple of those, which I think is really what she <laughs> wants me to share. Okay, I'm going to share, I'll share two situations that I've had. So, um, probably over a year ago, I was out on a walk and um, taking a break from the office and I had my headphones in and I was walking and listening to something and I passed and walking through the street and I see this lady walking towards me so I felt like I should stop and talk to her and so in this moment that had to be arranged by the Holy Spirit I'm standing in the road with this lady I don't know and we begin a conversation and it evolves to talking about her distress over her parents dog who has diabetes and so it sounds small and a little comical but I'm like this lady in this moment really needs somebody to hear her so the Holy Spirit arranged this interaction to where me I'm willing to listen to anybody even if it seems off the wall right but like I was able to add a level of comfort to her and then we were standing in the road the entire time and then I got to pray for this lady and her diabetic dog in the middle of the road and it was a beautiful thing, and then we went on our way, right? Actually, I just thought of another one. Do you have one you want me to share? Okay, so the other one um, that was most recent, I was again out on a walk. It's funny how this works, and I'm out on a walk, and this is because I'm preparing for a trip, and I have my headphones in, and I'm going along, and I see this gentleman um, come out from the, to the edge of his driveway, driveway, and he's a younger guy, and he like yells at me. <laughs> I was like, okay, and then we, he gets my attention, we're having a conversation, and um, he just starts asking me some random things, and I asked him his name, and we're having a conversation, and um, you could just tell he needed, just wanted someone to talk to, and that's, a, with the spirit, that's as simple as it can be sometimes. People just need someone to talk to, so this guy, they were talking, and he's asking, do you have any cigarettes? And I was like, nope, don't smoke. You know, so, but I felt like, well, what's your favorite cigarette? And so we had this conversation about his brand of preferred cigarette. And, um, but still, we're having this conversation, doors opening, and then he did ask me if I knew where I could get, where he could get drugs. And I was like, no, I don't know that. Um, but uh, but this, when this door was opening, and I didn't, we didn't pray or anything, but we still had a moment, right? Sometimes the Spirit's just arranging moments. Um, and then I'll, I'm going to share one more, and then I'll ask you the question. I don't. I've, I broke, but this one's, this one's pretty cool, and it really it shocked me to get to be part of it. Um, I was, during COVID, I was working with the Salvation Army, and they had all of us kind of working in the food pantry because there's a lot of people who needed more food. And so we had a lady come. And you could just tell she was in distress, like something was wrong. She didn't seem very happy. It's like, did we make her angry? And in those moments, you're kind of like, let's just get her the food and she'll go away. But so we, I was helping her get food to her car and I felt prompted to kind of ask what was going on. And she shared that her dentures were broken. I don't have dentures, but I can imagine that's tough, right? And so I felt prompted to pray with her and there's power in the Holy Spirit, amen? amen? And I found myself in my prayers saying, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would meet this need today. And then I felt even within me a little doubt. 
I just was like, I just pray that if, if, if this doesn't happen, like, she's not going to trust God. Like, I, I might have just painted God bad, but I felt empowered in that moment. And that's about, that's the Holy Spirit. And so the next day I learned that from the, uh, some, another employee that their pastor had showed up later that day after I prayed with, with this uh, lady and said, we just had somebody give a, some money to the church that would cover the cost of her dentures. So that day, her dentures were covered, and that's the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's, right? So, there's a little bit more than you asked for. And that, and I'll be honest, it's a growing thing for me, because there's times where I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Like, I just want to walk. I just want to do my thing and get on with life. You know, anybody have those days, you just don't want to talk to anybody. You're like, but sometimes the Holy Spirit's like, no, you need to talk. All right. So what about you? Okay, you can sit down. <laughs> in, in, insert sermon now. So um, I have a long answer because um, it's tricky. Because I don't actually think... Um, I understood who the Holy Spirit was and is, and I don't think um, I don't think that information came quickly. Um, I had to figure out early on that, like, I had to make my relationship with Jesus my own. Um, took me a little while, like eight or so years, <laughs> guessing. Um, the Holy Spirit it's taken me a little while to figure that out and I think part of that is because I never really understood what the good news is have you ever heard that phrase before good news yeah it's like a super popular phrase in the church world it's like oh good news good news the good news of Jesus good news this good news that and I think that I always thought the good news was that Jesus came and died and was resurrected to save me from my sins. I mean, that sounds like good news, right? Am I wrong? <laughs> like, that is good news. Amen? Okay, good. Um, but it made me ask some more questions. Like, well, then what does that mean? Like, Jesus came and died and was resurrected to save me from my sins. Like, well, what does that mean? Like, that has to mean something. And so... I started gathering through church experiences, VBS, conversations, Sunday school lessons, sermons, gathering that that meant that when I died, I could go to heaven. Good news, amen? amen. Okay, yeah, because I agree, like that is good news. But then that made me feel like I just don't feel like that's enough. Even though eternity is a really long time, and so having having the confidence that I get to spend eternity in the presence of God is really good news, it still just didn't seem like enough for the here and for the now. And so I asked more questions. So, I think I've, I'm, it's still a process, right? I think I'm like always trying to figure out what the good news is, but I think I've come to this point where I've I've got it figured out a little bit. And it excites me, and it makes me happy. 
and it empowers me to be bold when I don't think I can be bold. And so I, I'm starting to feel like maybe this is the good news. And so I think it comes, the good news is actually what happens after repentance, okay? We want to surrender. We want Jesus to come and we want him to save us. We're thankful for the sacrifice that he made of his own life and, and for the power that he's God, that he was raised again. Like we're so thankful for that. But I think the good news comes right after that. And so that's what I want to focus on today. In the book of Matthew, um, chapter 4, verse 17, it says, From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of God has come near. We don't have to wait until death to be a part of the kingdom, because the kingdom of God has come near. At Christmas, we love to celebrate God as Emmanuel, the baby Jesus, God incarnate. In the book of John, Jesus is referred to as the living word, and in um, the message paraphrase, um, John 1.14 reads, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. And that's just always stuck with me because that's so cool to think about God moving into our neighborhood. Like, would that be awesome if God moved into your neighborhood? I just, I don't know, that would be really, really exciting. Um, and that's good news, that Jesus came and moved into the neighborhood to be close to humanity. And he stayed for a little while, was crucified, buried, resurrected. And then he said, I must go now. And it's for your benefit that I go. And some translations even read that Jesus said, it's better that I go, or it's best that I go. Because he said he had to go so that he could send the Holy Spirit to us. And this passage of scripture backs right up to the ascension of Jesus recorded in Acts 1, and then Acts 2 is where the Holy Spirit comes down, and that's where I would like to read today. Yes. So, this is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, and it says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So this really incredible thing happens. Jesus left as he said he would, and he sent his Spirit as he said he would. This left the believers amazed and perplexed. If you keep reading, it's very, it's very long. It's very cool. I hope that you feel challenged to read it for yourself. Um, and there were some, though, in the crowd that saw what was happening and were like, mm, I think they're just drunk. But Peter jumps up to clear the air. Okay, and side note, um, I think it's really cool that Peter's the one that jumped up because he has like a really bad rap, right? He, he's done some like remarkably not so great things. I mean, not too long before he jumps up to talk about this in this moment and, and tell these people like, nope, not drunk. This is what it's all about. He denied Jesus three times. 
probably just to save his own life. And yet here in this moment, Peter's like, something so incredible has happened now that I really just can't keep quiet, and I have to tell the truth. And I bear good news to take to the world. And right here in front of me is my world. And so I'm going to bear the good news. And so that's what he does. Peter's old, unsure, insecure, fearful self has fallen to the wayside, and he is overwhelmed with the desire for others to know the truth. And so that's what he does. He preaches this long, beautiful message to those that were with them. And it says in verse 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children and to those far away. And some interpreters believe that that far away part um, means people in the future. So that's us. It's all who have been called by the Lord our God. This is why I love Pentecost so much, why I love celebrating the coming of the Holy Spirit, because this is the good news. The kingdom of God is near because the Holy Spirit is within us. There's no limitation on who this good news is for, which is more good news. You don't have to be born into church to hear that good news. It's for everyone, everywhere. The Holy Spirit has asked me to do a lot of things, and probably like Dustin, if I were to actually answer the question, I couldn't really stop it too. <laughs> like, I'd want to keep going. The unfortunate part is that sometimes when the Holy Spirit prompts me to do something, I don't do it. And I missed an opportunity to partner with him, to love people, to expand the kingdom of God, to help meet someone in their time of need, even if it's just a listening ear. I think, I think what Dustin shared about like the Holy Spirit bringing people to mind, I think it happens a lot. But I don't know that I could say I'm good at acting on it. Maybe I'm too invested in myself and what I'm doing in this present moment or culture tells me that I'm allowed to be busy and make excuses. And so I just lean into that instead of listening. But I know that I've missed out on some things. And I want that to be different for me. So that's what I've been working on as the Holy Spirit. Um, I like that Dustin said obedience, and I promise I didn't, I really didn't tell him anything ahead of time. I mean, I told him I was going to bring him up, but it was because I think a lot of time for me personally, because I'm so go, 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 type A driven, the Holy Spirit's always asking me to be still, and I am so bad at that. Because I got to get things done. Okay? And even in his name, I've got to get things done so that people can hear the good news. And yet the Holy Spirit always is saying to me, be still. <laughs> the things will get done. But I want to spend time with you. I want to be with you. I want to do things with you. That if you're not listening, if you're not still, we both miss out on. I don't want to keep missing out. 
I want to be in step with the Spirit. So I've spent um, some time thinking and praying. Um, we've had this visit planned for a while, um, several weeks, maybe even a month. I don't know. It's been a while, okay? So it's, it's been some time, and, and I, it's, it's always a little bit awkward when you're, like, guest preaching because you're like, I don't know what the people need. I don't know their hearts. I don't know where they're at in their journey. I don't know what sermon series the pastor just finished that I might be able to add on to. And it becomes even more important that I really press in. And so that's what I did. And I, and I said, Lord, I can already feel your deep love for the people at Gretna. And several times I was very overwhelmed, very overwhelmed by God's love for you. And I had to ask him to help me because <laughs> I can't just cry about it, about his love for you. And, um, and so I, I asked him, please make my words clear. Please give me a clear message. And this is what he said. First, he gave me this verse from 1 Peter, um, chapter 2, verse 9. And so I'm declaring this over you today, Gretna brethren. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Amen? That's what I declare over you today because that's what the Lord prompted me to do. And I think he's anointing you for a special assignment. He didn't tell me what that was. It would be really nice if he did, huh? <laughs> but I think he's anointing you for a special assignment. I think it's going to be uncomfortable. I think it might call you out of your comfort zone. I think it might not give you permission to say, but that's the way we've always done it. It might not give you permission to say, well, change is hard and we just shouldn't do that right now. What I think it does give you permission to do is to lean into this promise that you are chosen, that you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that you have been set aside for a specific assignment. What I think you can really hang on to is the Holy Spirit. There's three names that come to mind quite frequently when we think about the Holy Spirit. Comforter, counselor, advocate. Can you say that back to me? Comforter, counselor, advocate. Okay. What does that mean exactly? The Holy Spirit is the counselor. It's because he wants to give us counsel. It's because we need counsel. We need to know where we are and where we're headed. And if we want to really advance the kingdom, then we need the Holy Spirit as counselor to counsel us into that. It might come natural because it's uncomfortable. Because it means doing something new. And that's hard. But he's there to counsel us. He's the comforter, so he will comfort us, even in our pain, even when we have disagreements with people that we love so dearly. 
even as he calls us into something new, he's going to comfort us through that. Because he knows it will be difficult. I mean, if you keep reading in Acts, you see, if you've done it before, you know what the early disciples went through. The church was booming. Thousands were added daily. And the Lord did that. But that didn't come without discomfort. It was hard for them. They were persecuted. They didn't always understand what was happening. They really didn't understand how they could carry this good news and people reject it. And the Holy Spirit is advocate. And I think this is twofold. The Holy Spirit advocates for us. He also advocates for others through us. The Holy Spirit advocates for others through us. Just like when I was praying for you guys and for our time together today, and I became overwhelmed with God's deep love for you, he was already advocating for you through me. And that he's going to do that and maybe even is already doing that for, for others through you. I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily think maybe what's coming for you next is going to be super easy, but what I do know, and there's hope in this, is that the Holy Spirit will be with you and he will fill you. And I think if we're all willing to surrender our own desires and our own discomfort, the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to do something incredible through you individually, but through you as a collective body. And that's really good news. That's good news to press into, to lean into, to take hand, if you feel comfortable <laughs> in this COVID world, to take hand with your neighbor and say, let's just do this together. Whatever it is, however hard it is, we're going to do this together because we know that the Holy Spirit has empowered us to do the thing, whatever the thing is. And that's good news. And that's what I'm praying over you. So if the worship team would like to come up and get us ready, I believe that's our next, and I'm going to pray, pray over you. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> That's right. That's part of it. We're not going to be good things, but we love them anyway, right? Yeah. All right, let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we're just so thankful for your presence with us. We're thankful for your deep love for us, and we're thankful for the song that you sing over us, that we're chosen, that we're anointed, that we're set apart that we don't have to sit in our own insecurity, in our own discomfort, in being just unsure about everything, but that we can really press in to that song that you sing over us. That as we strive to know you better, and we strive to know ourselves better, maybe even the discomfort doesn't seem so uncomfortable 
because your Holy Spirit is with us. Your Holy Spirit gives us counsel and advocates for us and others and comforts us when we need and is always present. And I'm so thankful, Father God, that you saw fit for Jesus to come to offer us a path of repentance, to offer us a way back to you. And I'm so thankful that when he went to heaven to be seated with you in the heavenlies, that you sent your spirit upon us, upon the disciples then and upon us, your believers, your sons and daughters, even now. Holy Spirit, give us wisdom at what you are calling us into. Give us wisdom and counsel about this thing that you're calling us into partnership with you to do and accomplish to advance your kingdom. Give us wisdom. Give us love. Give us peace. And give us more of you. We love you, Papa. We love you, Jesus. And we love you, Holy Spirit. So thankful for you. Be glorified today in our worship.